Swung on high. This is tagged by Hammer to the gap. At the track. High and deep and to the right. That ball just got out of here. Was hit a this is going to go to the rock This ball's getting small. This is Charlie. Right back at the track. It seems like the ball's had a lot of life the last couple of nights. We can go back to back. Here's Adam Engel. Swinging a long one to left. We're going to have a tie ball game. He did go back to back. High and deep. This has crushed the left center field. This is going to go for a home run. Way out of here. This is is White Sox Weekly. We're moving to that next pitch. It's time now to start having that progress towards a championship caliber team, ultimately. From our standpoint, there's a lot to be excited about. Oh, this ball is absolutely blistered. High, far, I don't know if it's landed yet. Luis Robert, a two-run homer. Barrel, homer. Holy cow. You know, the ball jumped off. He's got leverage. He's got bat speed. He's got to put that all together. And he could be a monster. I think we're ready to take that next step and head deeper down the path to ultimately winning championships. The Chicago baseball conversation. Deep in the right field. On the flagship home of the Sox. It is gone. 720 WGN. Out. The baseball season has officially come to an end. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. There we go. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals who took the whole damn thing. I don't know how they did it. That was a phenomenal World Series. You win two in Houston. You think the series is over, although I would have run to the window if I was a betting man and bet on the Astros because I thought they were the best team all season long, and they were the best team all season long. And then they came roaring back to win three games in Washington to take a three games to two lead, and you thought it was over. The Houston Astros had won 107 games this year, 107 and 55. That's preposterous. And they were up three games to two, and they had Justin Verlander going in game six, and they're coming on home. I thought it was over. But here came the Nationals, and they do it in game six against Verlander, and they win it in game seven, coming back in game seven to do it from two nothing down. Wow. That was a great World Series. So as we just look to the future, let's just see the White Sox playing in those games. Next year or the year after, sometime soon. And just a reminder, the Houston Astros were beyond abysmal. Abysmal is kind to what the Astros were. 56-106 and 106 in 2011. That was terrible, right? They were worse the next year. 55 and 107. How do you get worse than 56 and 106? But the Astros did it. They got to go up from there, right? Yeah, no, 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 they didn't. They went 51 and 111. 56, 55, 51. And I was working in Houston in radio back in those days. And let me tell you something that place was less than a library. You could go into a library and have more action than going to an Astros game. It was beyond dead. But then they started drafting great players and developing them. And they won 70 games in 14, 86 games, 84, and then they popped it. 101, 103, 107. And that's exactly what the Chicago White Sox are trying to do. So the offseason is here officially for all the teams in baseball. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed uh, that the White Sox will... They are going to be targeting a bunch of free agents, and it does take two to tango, so we'll see who ends up coming and playing ball here in 2020. And a reminder 
that Sox bands are Sox games rather are better with a group. It's never too early to lock in your 2020 group package from a diamond suite to a pregame patio party. We've got the perfect space for your occasion. For more information, visit whitesox.com or call 312-674-1000. A busy White Sox weekly with you till 5 o'clock for White Sox weekly and a half hour of bonus coverage, if you will, leading up to Northwestern football and the Indiana Hoosiers cats on the road today. 5.30 up pregame, 6 o'clock the kickoff. Dave Anna, Ted Albrecht, Adam Hogue, all ready to rock and roll from Bloomington. A.J. Perzinski is going to be on the show today. Now, why are we having A.J. specifically? Not that we wouldn't have A.J. on really any week. One of the more entertaining people you can talk to, World Series champion. I love A.J., and I love that he's still staying involved in the game. But we're having A.J. on today because the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum announced earlier this week that the legend, White Sox TV play-by-play announcer Ken Hawk Harrelson is once again one of eight finalists for the Hall of Fame's 2020 Ford C. Frick Award, which is given annually for excellence in baseball broadcasting. Now it's given to one announcer every year. One. There's eight candidates. So you've got some phenomenal names in there. Joe Castiglione, Tom Hamilton, Pat Hughes of the Cubs, Ned Martin, Mike Shannon, who's been doing it forever for the Cardinals, Dwayne Stats, who's been in the game, now with Tampa Bay. So you've got some big-time names here. So it's it's no guarantee that Hawk is going to get in. He was a finalist in 07, in 2014, and 2017. It resets every three years. To me, it's a no-brainer. Hawk Harrelson, for everything he's done in baseball, should absolutely positively be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. 35 years with the White Sox, a phenomenal player on the field, love of the game, giving back all of it. Now, the criteria for getting in as a broadcaster, it's based on commitment to excellence, quality of broadcasting abilities, reverence within the game, popularity with fans, and recognition by peers. Candidates who are active and or retired, as we do have both here, must have a minimum of 10 years of continuous major league broadcast service with the ball club, uh, or a combination of the two. It doesn't matter. Hawk meets all the criteria here. And what I love about him the most is that there's only one Hawk Harrelson, man. Just like there's only one Vin Scully, just like there's only one Harry Carey, whoever you want to name that's at the top of baseball's broadcasting, he is there. Next week, we're going to have Denny Matthews on, who's a longtime radio announcer, does some TV, too, for the Kansas City Royals. And Denny is on the panel that we'll get to decide. Bob Costas, Marty Brenneman, Tim McCarver, John Miller, Vin Scully, Bob Euchre. That's another guy, by the way. When I say Euchre, it makes me think of Hawk. Euchre, perhaps a little bit more comedic, a little bit more Miller Lite, tastes great, less filling, a little bit more movie criteria, Major League, all that, but they're similar. Completely unique and Nobody will ever be like them again. I actually find it offensive that Hawk Harrelson's not in the Hall of Fame. Come on, man. Service to baseball. 
Hawk absolutely needs to be in there. But I, 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 I don't need to be the uh, the only voice leading this. We're going to bring on AJ uh, after a quick timeout here, and we'll get his thoughts in here. But uh, just let, let's make this happen. Come on, man. The uh, Frick Awards going to be announced December 11th, by the way, at the 2019 Winter Meetings, which is in San Diego this year. So big fingers crossed for Hawk. And the White Sox pop-up shop is back at the Orland Square Mall this offseason. Visit the White Sox store at Orland Square Mall now through January the 15th, conveniently located across from the Apple Store. Fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays. For more information, follow at White Sox Store on Instagram. If you want to like send Hawk best wishes, feel free to dial it up here, 312-981-7200. You know, we'll... We'll record him. We'll send him along to the panel. Reasons why Hawk deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I am okay with doing that. Uh, but AJ's coming up here. White Sox Weekly till 5, and then from 5 to 5.30, we're going to talk a little buckets. Will Purdue will be with us after 5 o'clock. That is all straight ahead on 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly, and thrilled to have on A.J. Perzinski to start off the show today. A.J., let's start with the World Series real fast. You were involved with the playoffs, doing games. Did the Washington Nationals stun A.J. Perzinski getting it done? No, I picked them to win in seven, so apparently I didn't stun me one second. Um, when the series before the series started, I did an interview and they said he was going to win, and I said uh, Washington Nationals in seven. I didn't think it was going to happen the way it did happen with uh, every the road team winning every game, but uh, I just thought the Nationals had something going and uh, they weren't going to lose. And thankfully, they proved me right. So I missed that prediction. That's super interesting. It almost seems like you were banking on this team is hot at the right time, and I'm just going to roll with them. Is that fair? That's You are exactly right. I was banking on them having some sort of hit factor, them being hot at the right time, them having starting pitching. That is really good. I know Cole and Berlin didn't get all the headlines, but uh, the other guys are just as good. And uh, Scherzer and Strasburg proved that he, how good he can be. And then Annabelle Sanchez has been pitching good. Corbin pitch starting and coming out of the bullpen have been great for Washington. And their lineup has been swinging. And Rendon is going to get paid this offseason. But, uh, yeah, I just thought they were they were the hot team and they were the hit team. There's a lot of conversation, I guess, out there, AJ. Like, hey, if Bryce Harper was there, they wouldn't have won it. And a lot of guys yeah. in baseball are saying that. What, what's your take? <laughs> well, Bryce Harper wasn't there, so we'll never know, will we? We will not. Um, I, I mean, as far as I know, you know, Bryce Harper's a great player, um, but they went through a lot of ups and downs with him, and they never got out of the first round. And it's not Bryce Harper's fault, but the facts are the facts, and they won the year after. And, you know, it's not like they have bad players. They replaced Bryce Harper with one set. It was a pretty darn good player. Howie Kendrick stepped up. Rendon became an MVP candidate. So it wasn't like they're a terrible team without Bryce Harper. You had Bryce Harper in the mix, and we just giving him more depth and more firepower, but uh, you know, they won without him, and I'm sure Bryce Harper, even though he probably publicly won't admit it, is a little bit jealous because that's what happens. You beat the team, they win, you get a little jealous. It's called being a human being. Did you get nostalgic? <laughs> Did you get nostalgic at all, you know, seeing a World Series being played in Houston, thinking about all five at all? Every time I go to Houston, I get a little nostalgic. I get a little um, uh, sad. I get a little happy. Uh, I wish we could have done it more than one time. 
Um, every time I see anything at Houston, I am always puts a smile on my face walking into Minute Maid Park just because of the memories that we had there. You know that uh, the the lone run in Game Four <laughs> was scored by Willie Harris, and the first run that was given up was by Will Harris. All these stats are just flying out there. It's like there's it's it's always going to be the White Sox connected to 05. And and you just mentioned that by the way the Nationals chemistry. I mean, you guys had a ton of talent on that team, but there was a certain chemistry on the 05 White Sox that you really don't see in baseball. Even on World Series teams like you guys had, at least that's the way it looked from the outside, you know, just still thinking back about it. Well, we did. We we just gelled uh from the first day of spring training to the last game of the World Series. It was like um Everything came together. The pieces all fit. It doesn't always work like that. You can have, I was on really a lot of really good teams, and things didn't all fit together. But for some reason, for that one year, for those 180 games, whatever it was we played, everything worked out. Everything fit. All the pieces fit. All the everything that you would look for, everything that you wanted to happen, went right. And you just have years like that. And it seemed like that's why I thought the Nationals would win, because I just thought they were having that year where everything goes together, everything fits right. And sure enough, they went out and won it. It's just everyone says, oh, chemistry is just chemistry is that. Well, chemistry is always good when you win, and chemistry is always bad when you lose. But when you win the whole thing, you look back on it. And those guys from 05 are still some of my best friends, and I love all my brothers. And uh, some of them I talk to more than others. But every time I see one, I mean, he automatically puts a smile on your face and a big hug and gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling. Who do you talk to the most? Uh, I mean, Canerco, Rowan, Creedy, uh, Jermaine. I talked to Jermaine the other day, Garland the other day, um, early every once in a while. Uh, I ran into Del Duque the other day, uh, randomly at a volleyball tournament. I talked to a lot of those guys. I mean, Aguchi, I saw as a manager in Japan now. I, I talked to as many of them as I can. When you get older and you get out of the game, you just kind of lose touch with people like in life in general, but... Uh, we do a fairly good job of keeping in touch with most of them. Yeah, AJ Przinsky with us here on White Sox Weekly Seven Twenty WGN. Do you miss playing? Do I miss playing? You know, that's the one question everybody wants to know. Do I miss playing? I miss if I could just play the game. If I could just walk out and play the game, if I didn't have to do the stuff before and after to get ready to play a game, meaning working out, studying the media. I know now as a part of the media, I get the job that you have. But as a player, you just have so many other things in your mind that you want to do. Um, and the traveling, which I still do a lot of, but the traveling for work as opposed to traveling for fun or or traveling when I want to go and where I want to go is a little different than having to go places. But uh, if I could just play baseball and play the game, and of course you always want one more bat, one more opportunity to get in there. So, yeah, you missed that part. I think people ask you about it because we're just we're still so jealous on this side, AJ. Like if if I could, I'd give up years on my life to have been a professional athlete in in multiple sports. <laughs> I, th- I think that's really what's behind it. Yeah, no, I look. I mean, you always and I and I never really understood it. I think until you get out of it and you're tired, and I mean, I'm still involved in baseball, so I'm obviously still get to come to games and I still get to talk about baseball and I still get to watch baseball. I get to go to the playoffs. I mean, I'm still very lucky. But when you step in the batter's box or you step on the field and there's 40,000 people there cheering or booing, whatever side you're on, uh, it is a different feeling that you can't experience any other way. And once you retire, you can never do it again. You can never go back and say, oh, I want to do this again or I want to try this again because you just can't. It's 
it's impossible. It'll never happen again. You can't go. You can go play a pickup game or a softball game. It's not the same as stepping into the batter's box with forty thousand people cheering or booing you. Yeah, I mean, I play softball on Sunday mornings, and uh, Sean Marshall, who pitched in the big leagues for I don't know ten years, he's out there, and I'm like, how you? How do you even step on this field? Like these, we're all a bunch of bozos out here. You you can't do this. I don't know, hitting a home run in Wrigley Field and having 20,000 Cub fans booing you and 20,000 Sox fans cheering you and running around the bases, I can't imagine a better feeling in life. No, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to describe to people, um, and it's hard to, to forget that feeling. And that's why I think a lot of people have a hard time once they retire from sports because you just can't get that feeling back. You just cannot make that feeling up once you've had it. And once you lose it, it's gone. And there's no other way to to get the rush, the adrenaline, the feelings you had before at playing that sport. And once it's gone, it's gone. Well, congrats, man. You got to do it for a long time, winning World Series, the whole thing. So it's it's I mean, it's a hell of a run right there. Hey, let's let's talk about your guy Hawk Harrelson, who uh deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, damn it. I mean, come on, let's let's get Hawk in there, right? Uh, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Jeez, I mean, where do we even start uh, with Hawks' credentials? I think his credentials are probably un- unmatched by anybody, even the guys that are in. Um, all the years he put in with the White Sox, and people forget he was with the Red Sox. He did national games. Uh, but the thing about Hawk is he's one of a kind. He's yep. a baseball icon. And think about how many times just walking down the street you hear people say his catchphrase, whether it's he gone or he put on the bull or whatever it is. I mean, he made those into not only baseball terminology, but just terminology in life in general. The whole unique thing, I mean, you you do a lot of broadcasting now, and this is not to take anything away from any broadcaster out there who's made it to the highest level doing major league games, but that guy who's willing to say whatever, they don't hire people like that anymore because you know the teams have so much control. But when you're a guy like Hawk, who has the history, you, you never get rid of a guy like that because he has such value with the fan base. It's it's like you're never going to see a guy like that again. That's why, to me, he's such a treasure. Well, yeah, I mean, but here's, here's my thing. I talk to people. When we go and do games for Fox, we do national games. We we, uh, we get to talk to the local announcers on the Friday night before the game. And most of them I know I played against or I've known since I played. And, and we, Hawk usually comes up, oh, you know, you know Hawk, and we love Hawk. Or, you know, some people are like, yeah, I didn't really like Hawk, but. It is, he, Hawk was, the thing about Hawk was Hawk loved the White Sox, and he lived and died with every White Sox game. And that is something to be said for. If you're a local guy, you want your team to do well, well because you have to deal with them every day. Uh, as a national guy, like when, when I work with Hawk, you come in and do one game of, you know, maybe a year. So we're given only positive stuff. But when you're with like, a team every day, you see the ups and downs. You see the bad nights on the plane after games. And Hawk, Hawk lived and died with the White Sox. And he was a homer, and I think those local guys should be homers. Why not? You're rooting for a team. You get to know these guys. You spend time with more, more time with these guys than you do with your family. So he absolutely should be a homer, and he was great at it. And when the team lost, he was mad, and when the team won, he was happy. And I'm all for that, and every team should be like that. And then as a fan, you, you watch these games, and you grow up, and you learn what the announcers are going to say and what they're going to – their phrases and, and how, how they talk about certain things and, and – in, in, in local markets, that's the way it is. That's More with AJ coming up after the 4.30 news. Quick time out on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN.
720 WGN 434. Hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon and that you didn't get t- kicked out of a tennis drill today for not being as good as the other tennis players. That happened to me. That's right. Kicked out of a drill. I don't know if that means you should get banned off White Sox weekly. I feel the White Sox, I'm like embarrassing the White Sox that that happened. Hey, you're not playing as good as these other guys. You are taking the drill down. Get out of here, Carmen. Booted. Legit booted. I did have a couple choice words for what I thought was unfair treatment, but live and learn. Uh, by the way, AJ Pruszynski's coming back up here. I think he'll enjoy that story. Uh, upgrade your game day in 2020 with premium seating. You can enjoy an all-exclusive experience with packages starting at just 20 uh, for just 20 games. Check on your socks for the best seats in the house. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. If 20 is too many, then how about the Pick 10 plans, which are on sale now. You get ready for the 2020 season with this flexible and affordable ticket plan. Pick your games, your opponents, your schedule with lower-level plans starting at just $205. Visit WhiteSox.com to pick your plan today. Baseball free agency starts officially on Tuesday, so we'll move the clocks back tonight, and then we'll get some baseball free agency going on Tuesday. The White Sox are expected to be active. A bunch of names out there from old-school veterans like Howie Kendrick and Hunter Pence to guys you could take a flyer on like Yasiel Puig, to a young outfielder like a Nicholas Castellanos, who the White Sox know incredibly well from his time in Detroit. J.D. Martinez is the sexy name from the Red Sox if he opts out. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, some free agency stuff coming up here. But let's get back into it with A.J. Pruszynski and Hawk Harrelson trying to get to the Hall of Fame. And so A.J. like yelling at umpires, going silent when an opposing team hits a home run, running down to the clubhouse to protect a player in the middle of a game. Todd Frazier gets injured. He leaves the booth to go to the clubhouse. I don't know if you get in the Hall of Fame for that by normal Hall of Fame criteria as far as an announcer, but that is just awesome. Uh, I loved that, and maybe some fans you know, want a more technical broadcaster at times, but I also feel like this is the reason how you separate yourself and, and how the, you connect with the fan base so much. Uh, what what are your thoughts about the uniqueness of Hawk? <laughs> oh, absolutely. He'd come up and give you advice, and sometimes the coaches would come up to you and say, what's he talking to you about? And you'd be like, oh, he's talking to me about, about my hitting or my pitching or whatever he saw in the game. And they would just kind of laugh. But Hawk knew what he was talking about a lot of the time. He, he said it a little bit differently, but you genuinely knew one thing about Hawk. He cared. And he wanted to be, he wanted to be in the fight with me. And I love Hawk to death for that, and I appreciate everything he did. And, and it's like, it's a take single with Mike Shannon on the radio. He's, he's a homer, and everyone, Vince yeah. Scully, I mean, say what you want, Vince Scully's probably the greatest broadcaster of all time. Heck, he did games by himself, but you think he didn't want the Dodgers to win? <laughs> right. He wanted the Dodgers to win. It makes their job easier when your team wins. Everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's happy. It yeah. makes your job easier. The fans are happier. Everyone like, thinks you're a better broadcaster. And that's just the way it is. That's, that's just in life, any, any sport. And... You want guys to root for their team. I mean, I, I want I want to turn on the game, and I want to watch the White Sox, and I want Benetti and Stone to absolutely 100% root for the White Sox. No doubt. Why do you think you and Hawk bonded so well? <laughs> well, I've known him forever. Uh, I mean, he still lives like less than a mile from my house. Uh, 
Um, and I grew up with his kids, so I know his kids very well. I know I went to high school with his daughter and his son, and um, just Hawk and I have known each other for a long time, and we just kind of got we kind of got along from the get go. We kind of were a little bit similar in the fact that we both uh, don't exactly conform to the norm all the time. Uh, we both have our thoughts, and we both share our opinions, and we, we knew that from a long time ago. We just kind of stuck with it, and we both get along because of it. It's awesome. A couple more questions here with AJ Pruszynski joining us on White Sox Weekly. Where are the White Sox at in, in your mind, AJ? Are they are they ready to compete with the right moves in 2020? They need some pitching. They absolutely need some pitching. They need at least one starter, if not two, and probably a couple of relievers. Uh, some of them have been good. Some of the moves they made, obviously, they need a healthy Kopech for the year. They need Giolito to continue to grow. They need Cease to figure it out a little bit more. Uh, they need Lopez to take that next step. In the bullpen, Bummer was good for him this year. Uh, a couple of the other guys, Colome had a nice year for him, but they need a couple other guys to take that next step and, and, and lead these guys. And then offensively, I think they're close. Uh, they still probably need a couple more bats, uh, depending on what happens with the Brayu. Uh, I'd like to see him bring in somebody that can hit for some power, maybe play the outfield with some power. Um, Anderson had a great year. McCann had a really good year behind the plate. Uh, Moncada's starting to figure it out. I'd still like to see him strike out a little bit less. I know he cut down on him, but still there's even more in the tank, I think, in there. Uh, figure out who's going to play second base, whether it's Madrigal or someone else. Um, they're close, but I think they're still probably a year or two away, depending on what moves they make and how much money they'll spend this offseason. What do you see from Lucas from, I don't know, when you put your catcher's mask on, if you will? Like, and I'm also curious about Ronaldo Lopez, what you're seeing. Well, I think, for, first of all, Lucas had a great year this year. He, he really did take a huge step forward. No question. Uh, I, still think he, I still think he walks too many guys sometimes to be a true number one. If you watch these guys, you watch Scherzer, and you watch Cole, and you watch Verlander in the World Series and Strasburg, they don't walk four guys every start. They walk one, maybe two. And it, that's the biggest thing for me, is, is can he consistently throw enough strikes? And in the games where he had struggles is when he was behind in the count, he wasn't throwing enough strikes. I like the changes he made in his motion. I like his pitch selection, um, and I think he's he's done a really nice job with it. But I think there's again there's more in the tank, and I think he needs to take the next step and and become that guy. And if he is, and you know, Kopech comes back healthy, sees sees kind of the same thing. He just walks him, man. He throws too many pitches in five innings. Every time he goes out, he's five innings, 112 pitches. You're like, geez, man, you know, uh, just the way it is. Also, he's you know for me, he needs to probably work a little bit quicker because he can work at a snail's pace sometimes. He's got the stuff. He's got a good rate curveball. And then for Lopez, kind of the same thing. It comes down to throwing strikes and throwing quality strikes. There is a difference between just throwing strikes and throwing quality. Anyone, not anyone, but, but you can go out there and throw a ball down the middle. But can you execute? Again, if you watch the World Series, can you, Garrett Cole, 3-2, can you throw that fastball down and away and get a guy out when he knows it's coming? That's, that's the difference between the really good pitchers and the average major league pitcher. From a pacing standpoint, would you go to the mound and be like, hey, will you pick it up? These guys are falling. Oh, my gosh, yes. I'd be like, let's go. I don't get paid by the minute. <laughs> and then what would the reaction be? Like, get out of my face or, yes, sir, no, Mr. Agent? Well, well, no, if you had Burley, he's like, I'm going as fast as I can. I'm like, I don't think I ever had to have that conversation with Burley. But every once in a while, it's just like sometimes, you know, there's certain pictures you're like, hey, just pick it up just a little bit. Just just." Because it'll it'll help your rhythm, it'll help the infielder's rhythm, it'll help the outfielder's rhythm, and just get the better flow to the game. There's nothing more boring than watching a baseball game. The guy's 35, 40 seconds between pitches. Uh, Everybody falls asleep, including the announcers and the, and the fans in the stands. 
And do you think baseball has a problem with that as far as the, the overall pacing of the game? Because some people are like, yeah. it, it's baseball, man, you know? <laughs> the game is the game, okay? Um, I mean, heck, Fox just had huge ratings for the World Series, so apparently people are tuning in to still watch. I don't think, uh, you know, everyone's saying no one's watching. I mean, Fox had huge ratings for, for game six and seven. So I think that, I think the game itself is fine. I think people, I just wish, to be honest with you, I wish there was more contact in the game. I wish it wasn't strike out home run or walk. I wish there was more hit and run. There was more emphasis put on running the bases. Uh, instead of everyone standing around for, waiting for someone to hit a home run. I know it works, but it's, it's, it doesn't work all the time. And some teams, that were, like Dodgers were heavy home run, and they lost in the first round because the, the Nationals played pitch better. and They pitched to their weaknesses and, and exposed them. So uh, I think the game is fine. I mean, one way to do it, and I work for Fox, is cut out some of the commercials and cut out the time between innings. And but I understand also you got to make money, and players like money, owners like money, people like money. So that's never going to happen. But there's one way to cut some time down. What, what about the shifting, AJ? Real, real quick. I mean, if somebody shifted you and they're giving you the whole left side of the diamond, I get it. It's great to take oh, the ball. Man, out. I would. Oh, it'd be great for me. I wish they would have. Wish they would have shifted me. Yeah. I could have hit a lot better. I got a lot. We got a lot more hits in my career, but um, usually, first of all, if they shift you, it means they're pitching in. There was, I remember Pittsburgh would shift on me, and they just throw me every ball in. And, and most of the time, if you look at any guy's ground ball charts, you hit most of your ground balls to the to the pull side because you're out in front of the pitch usually when you hit a ground ball. So therefore, it makes sense why you do it. I mean, look, it's the, 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 shifting is part of the game now. And I just don't like the people that are like, oh, they should ban shifting. Why? Then figure out how to be a better hitter or learn how to bunt. Then they'll stop shifting. Or the, the problem is the ego's getting in the way, and they're like, oh, I'm going to hit it through the shift, or I'm going to hit it over the shift, or I'm going to hit home runs instead of being like, all right, I'm going to try and be a good hitter. There's a runner on third and two outs. I'm going to be a good hitter, hit a ground ball to the, to the, to the opposite way, and just drive the run in. But instead, we're like, oh, I'm going to prove these guys wrong and hit it through the shift, and it just doesn't work. Anthony Rendon did it in the World Series, but did it well. 12 hopper to the second baseman that went it up in right field, got himself an RBI. Uh, Absolutely. That's why he led the league in RBIs. Zach Collins behind the plate. Can he can he get to the next level? To be honest, I, haven't even, well, I don't know that I watched him catch at all. I watched okay. him can a bunch. Uh, I don't know that. I, I know he, I know talking to some guys I know in the organization, they love his bat, they love his eye. They think he can catch, but catching in the big leagues is a whole different thing than catching anywhere else in the world because there is – so much pressure, and you are involved in every single pitch, and one minor mistake gets magnified 50 times over. That's awesome, though, right? You're involved in every single pitch. Yeah. That's why I like being a catcher. The outfit was so, she looks so boring to me standing out there with maybe one ball hit you the whole game. Heck, I was like, this is boring. It is. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming in the major leagues it's not, but for us recreational guys, you stand out there forever. Like, what the hell am yeah, I look- doing with my life? It looked boring for in the major league too. Watching like Jermaine Dye come out there, like that was boring out there. We're not doing anything. Hey AJ, great to talk to you, man. I appreciate all the time and the kind words on Hawk and, and the conversation on baseball, of course. So uh, good to catch up in the offseason. Look forward to doing it again and uh, continued success to you, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and uh, let's get Hawk in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, absolutely. AJ Brzezinski, White Sox Weekly, seven twenty WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN to the top of the hour. And then the beat coming in here. Will Purdue of your NBC Sports Chicago, and of course formerly of the Chicago Bulls, NBA World Champion, three times over. 
uh, will be joining us to talk a little basketball. Derek Rose, you might have heard of him. He was in town yesterday as the Bulls got their second win on the year. D. Rose played well, uh, but his Detroit Pistons came up short. All right, back to White Sox Weekly and a busy week for the White Sox. Uh, one move came with the Texas Rangers. They traded catcher Wellington Castillo to the Rangers for minor leaguer Jonah McReynolds. Uh, the Rangers also getting some international slot money. Um, Wellington had an $8 million team option for 2020, which the White Sox were not going to pick up. Uh, but they also had a $500,000 buyout, so... Uh, the slot money basically is saving the White Sox uh, the $500,000 buyout. They were not going to bring Wellington back. And, uh, you know, picking up McReynolds, it's a, you know, it's a, he's 23 years old, at 239, 10 doubles, 6 homers, 32 RBIs. Uh, that was in the advanced rookie league. So I don't, maybe the White Sox see something there that they were at least willing to take a flyer on. He was a 13th round draft pick in the 2016 draft. Uh, also, reliever Josh Osich is now a member of the Boston Red Sox. He was outright at AAA, and then Osich uh, signing with Boston. Last year he was 4-0, but the ERA up at uh, 4 6 57 appearances. Really had a good year. Uh, 61 strikeouts, 15 walks in 67 and two-thirds innings. Not a, not a bad job at all. Uh, last year, uh, but now with the Boston Red Sox. Also, the Sox have also reinstated Ryan Burr and Michael Kopech and Carlos Rodon from the 60-day injured list. Jose Abreu, Ross Detweiler, Ivan Nova, Hector Santiago, all declaring for free agency. We all expect that Jose Abreu is going to be back. And again, free agency starts on Tuesday. Really, the only question there is how much money are the White Sox going to be paying Jose Abreu? Sox Fest is returning on January 24th and the 5th. It's in a new location this year. That's McCormick Place. The two-day Fan Fest will span more than 100,000 square feet, offering more ways to connect with your favorite Sox stars. Sox Fest 2020, presented by Beggar's Pizza, guaranteed rate, Old Dominion Freight Line, Securian Financial, and Wintrust. Single and two-day passes are on sale now. Get yours at whitesocks.com slash SoxFest. Now, let me give you some names here. Actually, but before we get to free agency, uh, I want to talk about Michael Kopech, who is one of my favorite players on the team. He has tremendous talent, and he is a different cat as far as willing to talk about his personal life. And Michael Kopech was pretty prominent on social media. He had 45,000 Twitter followers. He had nearly 300,000 followers on Instagram. But he wrote a farewell to social media piece this week. Uh, quote, I know making a, quote, farewell to social media post is a bit counterproductive, but I've got one last thing to say while I have somewhat of a platform. I always felt like something was missing. I was always looking ahead, but at the same time, my choices from past mistakes still haunted me. So followed anxiety, so followed depression. I needed answers. I needed help. So I searched, and I found. There is no moment like this one, or the next one, and there will never be again. The presence of creation in stillness is a beauty that will never die. In stillness lies our awareness of what's to come. There is no peace like it. I'm not saying I figured it out, 
I am merely another finger pointing to the moon in awe of its divinity, as is all. But in stillness I found awareness to understand myself on the deepest level. And with that awareness I create my own destiny for what my life will entail. Social media has run its course for me. This is not me running away from any fears I have, quite the contrary. This is about me laying down my weapons and embracing all of my fears. So, to my followers, thank you for making this brief stint of popularity memorable. I'll cherish each of you in life with the same compassion I hold for myself. I hope you'll do the same. And if you're looking for peace in the world, seek inward and be that peace. It's beautiful in there. Into the wilderness I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Now, fire away. So this is, uh, I just find Michael Kobach fascinating. Here's a man who's supremely talented, could throw it 100 plus miles an hour, coming back from Tommy John, hope he's a huge part of the 2020 club. But clearly, you know, he's not just all of baseball. He has as much curiosity about life as uh, as I do, as, as as many people who try to get a little introspective about trying to be their best, and I guess what it's all about. So I applaud it. It takes a lot of courage for somebody with a Major League Baseball platform to put himself out there like that. Uh, you know, some people are going to have reactions that are, people are going to judge, but uh, just, you know, from my perspective, just wanted to give a little thumbs up applause to Michael Kopech for putting that out there. And hey, if he doesn't want to be on social media anymore, doesn't need to be on social media anymore. At the Karma on Twitter is staying. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, neither is the Karma 23 on Instagram. 2020 ticket package is on sale now. Secure your seat with a 20 game plan and find the plan that meets your schedule and budget with lower level plans starting as low as $403. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. And this portion of White Sox Weekly is sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. All right, real quickly on free agency as we wrap up the show here. There are a lot of guys that are very interesting. From the top of the food chain, which is Garrett Cole, and he's from the West Coast, and there's going to be a lot of suitors out there. I think he's going to end up with the Angels. I do not expect the White Sox to be involved in Garrett Cole, nor do I expect him to be involved in Steven Strasburg, who can opt out, which I think he will in Washington. They just won a World Series. He's He loves it in, in D.C. I think he'll opt out and sign a long-term contract with the Nationals for insane money. Madison Baumgartner is an interesting name. His ERA was up near four, but here's a guy in the biggest games of his career, he was absolutely nails, helping the Giants win a World Series, being the Royals in 2015, three World Series in all. If the price tag is acceptable, let's use that word, I would assume the White Sox would be in on a guy like that. He'd be perfect for the young players. So that's one name that excites me even though it's not the same guy. Dallas Keuchel is another lefty out there who pitched incredibly well here for Atlanta. White Sox could use a bump in the pitching. I think Keuchel's a name. And then offensively, I like Nick Castellanos. I like him a lot. And I hope the White Sox are at least around that one. Quick timeout, news coming up, 720 WGN.